pennies in the rainbow that be coming over the unicorns into leprechaun town man you guys are right. annoying jeez <laughs> yes. this is our special saint patrick's day episode happy saint patrick's day welcome to the show fellow i have a question uh, yeah Do protestants celebrate saint patrick's day as well I mean, as much as they celebrate anything with like a, a brief <laughs> break from shame town to be like, hmm, I stopped golfing for a minute. Strange. No, I don't, I don't think they do. Oh. Is there like a lockdown in Ireland right now? If or... there is, they'll never is get a shutdown or gold. I think there's a shutdown everywhere. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. Up. <laughs> the Honorable Sam Lazarus. Hello. <laughs> and Raphael Ruttenberg, ESQ. Present. <laughs> and you may notice that we all sound like we're recording at the bottom of a garbage can, and that's because we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is where we live now. Yeah. It's clear yeah, that that's apartment. It's been a few months. <laughs> we're coming to you live from yeah. our four separate bunkers. <laughs> um, live, live from the terrible future <laughs> it started that happened that came into play after bush v gore was decided yeah jesus christ i know yeah we entered the dark lands we're still here and if you get this message other realities please help us yeah. <laughs> um and today we're talking about oh, looper speaking <laughs> of 12 yeah speaking of alternate timelines uh ryan johnson Ooh, i like this movie actually it was it was pretty good it's a pretty yeah, Irish ryan johnson, that's the director yeah that's a surprise i didn't know that it's a pretty irish spelling of ryan is he irish i don't know and today is top of the morning to you in the afternoon on saint patty's day it's wonderful outside it's a great what the hell noise was that? Yeah. Like a pterodactyl attack? It's like a leprechaun attack. Is everyone it's a, okay? It's a cork, you guys. Yeah, it's a cork. Are you, you I'm opening a bottle spirit. of wine for this, this podcast? Well, it should be Irish whiskey, but instead it's scotch. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's better. Yeah. I thought that today we would talk a little bit about the many worlds theory because we've done a lot of episodes on time travel and the way that time travel interconnects with physics and we talk about physics a lot on the show and i guess you sam and alan who alan you have an advanced degree in some of this stuff um allegedly alleg uh. <laughs> both you guys both believe in many worlds as your foundation of quantum mechanics theory right i believe in at least one world <laughs> oh <laughs> i guess right? i think many worlds is, is the most likely to be true yeah. Should we talk about the movie first, or should we talk about the actual theory? Fascinating. I don't know. Well, I guess the reason that I wanted to bring it up was because the last time we did a time travel movie, Sam basically posited that any movie where you travel in time, you can't possibly travel to a causally connected past. So Which if is, you're traveling to the movie past... suggests that you can. Yeah, this oh, movie... We can get into it. I mean, the time travel in this movie doesn't really make any sense. Like, yeah. I mean, in the sense that 
it sort of switches between, I mean, sometimes it seems to be a, a multi, multi-timeline view of time travel, and sometimes it seems to be a one-timeline view, and sometimes yeah. it seems to be doing something totally different. Yeah, it's totally uh, inconsistent. Of. Yeah, but that's Hollywood magic, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's still fun. I mean, the first time I saw it, I was I really didn't like it. I was just really annoyed with the time travel. But then the second time, this time I just, I think, you know, we watch so many time travel movies that even to see a different take, even if it is totally inconsistent, mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, there are some yeah. aspects of the time travel in this that are just completely demented, right? And Yeah. And like, just seeing where he's losing limbs? Come on now, guys. That doesn't make well, any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's insane. It beggars logic, and also it's like it's it's too complicated for us to murder this person for the future implications of that. But they can definitely go through the rest of their lives with no arms and legs or a nose. And then they do murder people in the future. You guys, his girl gets murdered. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All kinds of they're like in the future you can't murder anyone, and it's like I think we see like four or five scenes in the future where people future get murders. very murdered. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, the future where I'm an assassin, you can't get murdered. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Then business must be really shitty for you, Bruce Willis. (laughs) Uh, Um, It's good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love, to me, I know you guys mostly dislike, or Alan, you specifically dislike voiceover. I thought the voiceover was really good in this movie. I thought that that was something that kind of moved it along. I, I, I thought the voiceover was fine. Wait, do I not like voiceover? I, you're like perennial. Am I learning something about myself? Yeah. Maybe maybe you've learned to appreciate voiceover. I mean, I liked it in this case. Who, who was doing the voiceover? Was it was it JGL? Yeah, it's JGL. So for, for listeners who haven't seen this movie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a prosthetic nose because he is playing a past version of Bruce Willis. And Wait, is Bruce that what's Willis. going on? Yeah. <laughs> That's it? He just has a fake... No, there's more going on. I feel like there's they did some putty on his cheeks, too, yeah. Until um, we I started thought it was CGI. No. Until we started recording, I actually thought that... I didn't look at the credits. I thought this was, like, a budget Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I was like, why... <laughs> I was going to say, why didn't they hire Joseph Gordon-Levitt for this? <laughs> so, I just... I learned that. I guess I could have found that out on my own, but... No, you're right, Raph. It was actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacob yeah. Gordon Levinson. <laughs> also, it was pretty doing... awkward where they were when they were like going through his original timeline future, and they're just showing Joseph Gordon Levitt sort of getting older, and he has like long hair, and then suddenly he's Bruce Willis, <laughs> like a youngish, a youngish Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, and, you laugh. That's gonna happen to you, Alan. You're gonna <laughs> Bruce Willis. Yeah, one day you're gonna wake up looking like Bruce Willis. We're all gonna laugh at you. Spectacular wig on. I don't know. Also, like, I mean, more than just letting the face prosthetics do the work, his whole acting in this movie is just like grunts, which I guess is kind of great because it is a good Bruce Willis impression. It's like, yeah, over there. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It reminded me. Can we talk about? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. What were you going to say? Yeah. Can we talk about JGL for a second? Like, do you guys get the feeling like at some point in his life, he just decided to be an alternate version of himself? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I feel like his voice is not his real voice. The voice that he uses in movies. 
could be I, acting. He could be acting in the movies. Crazy. But he's acting in I, okay. But he doesn't have interviews too. He doesn't have interviews too. Hang on, much, Alan. Which JGL content do you consume? <laughs> Can we just really quickly unpack the fact that you might be suggesting that the real JGL has been replaced? <laughs> oh yeah. Which is again one of my absolute favorite kind of uh, variety of conspiracy theory that I've been reading up on. Add them to the list, man. We got so far confirmed Sir Paul McCartney. Absolutely. Avril Lavigne. Oh, 100%. Putin. The investigation is JGL. We'll have to just get to the bottom of this. You forgot Putin. Yep. I hadn't heard that I did forget Putin. I didn't know that Putin was replaced. Oh, yeah. He forgot German. That's their evidence. When did he learn German? Before he forgot it, I guess. Before they replaced him. (laughs) He was NKVD in uh, East Berlin. He obviously knew German. I mean, I don't know anything about Putin, obviously. No, exactly. And now he uses a German translator. Yeah, you definitely can't forget languages. But you can be replaced surreptitiously <laughs> by exact body doubles. <laughs> that is known to happen. Right. Oh, and Andy Kaufman, does he count as someone? I guess that's more of a death fake than a replaced. It could, our... He could be replaced. He could, he could be replaced by a skeleton. Replaced by somebody that hid for 20 years. I mean, that's out. again, that's like a whole other genre of conspiracy theory that I love. Like, although I guess it's normie shit, faking your own fake death, fake your own death. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I also kind of think that most of them are real, right? Like when everybody said that Bin Laden was dead in like 2003 and four and five. And, uh, you know, when everybody said Ken Lay died and, you know, I'd give it 50, 50 shot that Epstein is out there chilling on some island like. I wish you could okay. see my face right now, Ash. <laughs> I'm cutting all of this. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I've been, I've been trapped in the house. <laughs> it would be an episode if we didn't mention Epstein gratuitously. That's a good point. <laughs> I'll cut it. Don't worry. Yeah. That's what the Moyle said. Boom! <laughs> all right. I didn't like all the violence in this movie. It was too violent for me. Yeah, yeah I agree. Did this movie have a bootleg Inception feel to you guys? Maybe aesthetically. Well, because it had a bootleg JGL in it. Yeah. yeah. It's like it had like a bootleg JGL. The score was like bootleg Hans Zimmer. The lighting was like, again, like a bootleg it's Inception. It's sort of a pared down Inception. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, Inception light. Yeah. So there's like Inception without any of the themes that were in Inception. <laughs> yeah. Cool visuals. Right. My it's brother- like Inception, but like a totally different movie. It's like Inception if you replaced everything with the plot of Gremlins and Back (laughs) to the Future. Wait. I don't don't give a shit. Which is funny. Yeah. All right, cool. So for listeners who haven't seen this movie, uh, (laughs) (laughs) basically it posits a future where the year is 2044. Time travel hasn't been invented yet. But in 30 <laughs> years, it's going to be. <laughs> That's such a good impression of JPL's impression. I mean, it's really uh, fucking bad. It's good, but it's bad. This is like a great B movie. But yeah, so it posits a future where somewhere in the far further distant future, time travel has been invented. It's obviously powerfully illegal. And the world, it posits a world that's so locked down that it's impossible to kill anyone without instantly being arrested or implicated in it. 
Which Except is when you do and you don't get. Yeah. I thought it was impossible to hide a body, but then I was thinking, oh, right. why wouldn't they just kill someone and then time travel the body back? Yeah. Yeah, that was. I think we we're all thinking explained. that. Or just instead of building a clandestine time machine, you could build an incinerator or an acid <laughs> bag. <laughs> like, well, here's another idea. Here's another idea. If you can build a time machine, why not just time travel them? You know, a million years into the past. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Also, I mean, like, isn't any time machine also a space machine? So couldn't you just like teleport them into the sun? It's above well, my pay grade. Some assumptions here, Sam. Maybe it isn't a space machine. It's just a regular time machine, a regular run-of-the-mill time machine, like you can get anywhere. No, yeah. but I mean, if if it has to also be a space machine. Because they appear in the same place every time. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. How did I not think of that? But maybe the, that's the, why I get the space they're appearing in is where the time machine is already located. Every time. Yeah. No, but it's different for yeah. each looper. Yeah. Oh, God. Doesn't All right. So sense. hang on. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's unpack no, it's that. It's a space cause... machine. <laughs> and it's there, there could be multiple time machines. Okay, All hold right. up. Hold okay. on. Now, now we're getting insane. So basically, in the far distant future, because you can't murder anyone, powerful criminal syndicates send their victims back in time where they're murdered by time assassins named loopers. Um, is that is that pretty much an accurate? So assessment? far, so good. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I that's what I said on my third can of Chef Boyardee this morning. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, God. it definitely definitely seems like people are very aware of these loopers and what they're doing. Like, like yeah. he goes to that farm and yeah. the woman knows what a looper is. It's never explained how she knows, but it's implied that it's surprising that she knows. Well, also, oh, the yeah. sort of world that this movie posits is basically just like underground crime universe. Like that nobody has an actual job other than like murdering people, <laughs> stripping or chopping down stumps on a dirt farm. Like there is there's no economy. Right. No way. She's she's growing cane. Oh, cool. In Kansas, she's growing cane in Kansas, which is an interesting little There's lots of fun details in this. Yeah, that one didn't make a lot of sense to me where I was like, why didn't you just say corn? Like cane doesn't grow in Kansas. Well, what did that tell you? Bum, I, bum, guess. Bum. I like the I like the the future that this posits because it's interesting to me because this movie's from 2012, right? Yeah. So the future that this illustrates is like kind of I think it would feel very improbable in 2012, but sitting where I am today, mm. skyping with you guys or whatever the hell we're doing, broadcasting <laughs> because of a pandemic. Well, you know, Donald Trump is president and uh, society is basically on the knife's edge. And we don't know if liberal democracy or capitalism or like urban culture can survive. Yeah, we'll come out the other side of this. Come out. Yeah, exactly. Like It's just like this feels very prescient. It really mm. it, it feels immediate. You know, it's kind of scary how dead on this future is with like the the bands of vagrants i mean maybe not the time travel but the climate change just complete yeah. disintegration of society like that's if i th i really it gave me a very uncomfortable <laughs> familiarity and possibility 
Yeah, that, yeah. I really enjoyed the uh, the all the cars with solar conversions with like mm-hmm. power cords running along the outsides and like random hodgepodges of solar panels attached to their roofs. Like, yeah. not only do I think that's realistic, but I want that to be my future career. Well, hopefully, <laughs> you can. <in> a... <laughs> yeah. hopefully in a brighter world than that one and the world that we're rapidly barreling toward. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I uh, think you could do better, Sam. Than, than... Well, I could probably do better, but, you know, a boy can dream. Yeah. So the movie posits this kind of, I thought, I mean, this to me was sort of an interesting idea that basically when the loopers finish their career, they get a certain amount of money per kill, the last kill that they make, and they never find out who their kills are until after they're done killing them. The last kill that they make is their future selves, and it's called closing your loop. So JGL is this, you know. And then they get a big payday. Yeah, they get a big payday. They get gold instead of silver. Yeah, the, the details are really haunting in this. I think it's worth talking about them. The fact that like the uh, when they're sent back from the future, they're like they just appear instantaneously on a tarp that's spread out at a particular location, yeah. and the loopers, these the victims are, and the loopers like are basically holding a shotgun and blow them away, and then like slice open the back of their jacket and like pull out a um, a shrink wrapped uh, pot of silver, basically like you know, bars of silver. And then when they slice it open and there's bars of gold, they realize what they've done, which is kill their future self and close their loop. So kind Although, of... That doesn't really make any sense. Like, if you're trying to get rid of evidence, wouldn't you want to kill somebody in their in the past, not in the future? Like, after yeah. you kill yourself, then you have a whole <laughs> lifetime to, like, fuck shit up. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make... Yeah, there's so many things that don't make sense. So JGL's future boss and the head of the criminal syndicate is Jeff Daniels. And I don't know, he has a pretty like funny, laid-back vibe, but he's actually legitimately pretty terrifying in this movie. He makes a good psychopath. He makes a really yeah. good psychopath. There's like a scene where he beats someone's hand with a hammer. Yeah. The violence in this movie is is very visceral and super grotesque, and I really didn't find it pleasant to watch at all. No, it's really out of control. I don't like movies that are this violent, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of out of place, too. Wait, really? I thought so. Yeah, I didn't really even really notice it. I mean, Yikes. yeah. We're introduced <laughs> to how brutal the gang is pretty early when one of the kind of co-workers of JGL, played by Paul Dano, um, fails to close his loop. And so in order to sort of get him to do it which this is the first place where i was just like okay this movie has no continuity makes no sense whatsoever is that they capture the younger version of him and they start cutting his limbs off until the future version of him who's on the run comes back and gets killed but it's like i I don't know that does that's a device that establishes that um you know things that happen in the present of the movie affect things that happen in the future which they use to further find <laughs> yeah. several points but only in very specific ways that don't make sense that's true mm-hmm. that's true like how yeah. did he get there without legs if he didn't have yeah. legs how did he get yeah. to the car how did he get <laughs> yeah. up the fence like none of it makes any sense 
It's yeah. totally ridiculous. It's some kind of hybrid multi-world where the the multi-worlds are like somehow patched into the current world so that there's continuity for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a little while, I thought maybe what was happening was that they were positing that when someone's future self goes into the present and like the present self and future self exist at the same moment in time, mm. there's some kind of connection between them, uh-huh. you know, in the present. Right. So it's not a matter of, but they never really come back to it. I don't think that's really what's happening. No. And that doesn't make they never, sense. They never kind of talk about that again. No, it doesn't make sense. And you guys are right that the movie is really split between the kind of two sort of different ideas of foundations of quantum mechanics in that later on in the movie, Bruce Willis, which we'll get into in a bit, gives a speech about seeing many possible, like a cloud of potentiality around his possible past. And as Joseph Gordon-Levitt makes decisions, the cloud congeals into single outcomes, which I think that would sort of support a Copenhagen interpretation more than... I guess so. I mean, more... more. But one could also argue that, like, if the many worlds interpretation is moved in some way or influenced in some way by preference or by consciousness, which I've read some stuff about people kind of positing, uh, then it could have something to do with that. Oh, man. Sort of witnessing the many worlds. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so out of my depth here. Alan, fucking help me. No, right? There's no depth here. It doesn't make any sense. There's no <laughs> science to understand. It's just inconsistent. It's like a, it's like um, a sort of nonsense logical puzzle in a way. Like it, it doesn't resolve. There's not internal logical consistency. I think, <clears throat> I think a lot of people are probably confused by watching this movie and because they understandably struggle to arrive at some consistency in this, but it, it isn't there. I mean, like at one point, it is really just fundamentally there is an abrupt cut to Bruce Willis being sent back. And instead of him, I'm sorry, getting ahead of the plot breakdown, instead of him coming without his hood on and he's able to escape being killed by JGL, he um, is not killed. He, he does not able to escape it. He's murdered. And then that, that future that we talked about uh, goes forward. So there's like an abrupt cut to that. So it's obviously... At certain times, they are treating this as a, as, as a linear progression that in a way can be altered if it is altered in, in the past. Like you can upstream change things that will affect the flow of events downstream. But on the other hand, they're treating, they're treating this as like parallel or multiple worlds. They do both at the same time. There's really not anything to resolve. They're picking and choosing. So there is no internal logical consistency to resolve. It's just the way the story is told. Mm. I think that's fine. Yeah, you're you're yeah. totally right, and I think it's that that's fine as the story. Yeah, it's just really annoying as you know, sci-fi. Yeah, I think for like a sci-fi nerd, this movie could be like. I mean, that was me. I think the first time I saw this. Yeah, me too. Also, the whole business with TK. Pretty annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. yeah. Oh, the t- yeah, the we even talked about this. I really like that. I like the way I thought it was <clears throat> going to be a ridiculous red herring. And then the way it resolved was actually into the story was actually kind of cool, I thought. I, I wasn't yeah. I was not expecting it. I was gen, genuinely kind of surprised by it. Yeah, from yeah. a story I liked it too, yeah. yeah. From, a, so, from a sci-fi perspective, it's garbage. Sorry, so, Ash, yeah. we keep no, no, please. I was just going to say, let's give some context to that. Yeah, I just want to say, before we move on, I think that this, it occurred to me that this movie is like 
of anyone we've talked about has like the the widest gap between um like a scientific coherence and coolness Mm. like it really it manages to be very cool and interesting and kind of haunting in a lot of ways um some of which has to do with like how like the sort of like uh you know the aspects of it like the uh the the vision of the future it paints feel really resonate uh with us today it's just how fucked up the world here has become the world feels now like we feel like we're hurtling on trajectory towards like uh you know a really horrible broken down shitty trash future um and like the movie feels very cool but it doesn't really work like in a science fiction yeah. yeah, and I think aesthetically it does borrow a fair amount from Children of Men, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the world that's painting, it's a little less bleak than that, but it it feels like, oh, this is maybe six months before Children of Men. Like, this is the world we lived in, and then people stopped having babies, and so we went to Children of Men's zone. This is just like a society that is progressing along a trajectory, linear path, sort of similar to the one, you know, the kind that we're experiencing right now. Uh, we're, we're just like, you're going to have basically a totally dysfunctional society absent any kind of state control where people are hunting and killing each other on the street. And, you know, people are totally atomized uh, and there's mass widespread suffering and nothing is being done about it. And that's, you know, in 2044 or whatever, that's not, that doesn't sound so unrealistic now. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, that, like- that's the time frame we're on. Yeah, criminal syndicates can run the world. Sure, yeah. because they're the only ones who have the money and power to do so. Yeah. The, only thing, the only thing that got me that um, about the the future of the movie, 30 years or 2074, whatever it was, um, who makes murder illegal? Who makes time travel illegal? Because it's sort of, um, you're given to believe that there is no law other than the criminal syndicates in 2044 in the present of the movie because there's a couple scenes where like they see you know police police cars um you know people coming out and going into the 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 criminal headquarters stuff like that like there's not really law enforcement of any kind it's not a state of any kind does that change in the future i don't know yeah, they do a lousy job of painting that picture, especially considering that, like, when they show scenes of future Bruce Willis, he's just straight up, like, blowing things up in the street like a damn terrorist. And there's just, like, right. no concern. And then he leaves that and goes to, like, his weird little, like, bucolic pagoda house with his wife. And it's like, oh, okay. So this is, like, this is the future where you can be a murderer by day. And then, like. I mean, I can't remember the exact years, right? But. I guess the assumption would be that there's a lot of crime up until 2064 or something. And then there's like a huge totalitarian crackdown or something. It's and not so, explained. Yeah. It's, it's not explained. And it's also unclear. And just to give it all some sort of context, we hear rumblings from the future people, like people who get sent back or people who are in contact with people in the future about this sort of power broker in the future named the Rainmaker, who's taken over and has consolidated all of the underground, like, sort of crime world, and is ordering all of the loopers killed, right? All the loops need to be closed. And that's what sort of sets off the main trajectory of the action of this story, which is that Bruce Willis 
gets sent back in time so that JGL can mute murder him or murder himself or whatever because uh, Bruce Willis is the future version of JGL. Yeah. Um, which, you know, Bruce Willis then escapes and the rest of the movie is essentially a chase sequence where <laughs> JGL is trying to find Bruce Willis so that he can get right with his present gang and Bruce Willis has come back to murder the child version of this future crime syndicate boss, the Rainmaker. Because he wants to preserve his life with, somehow preserve his life with the woman he's fallen in love with, his wife, who he wants to have a child with. Though it's not really clear how that would happen. He, like, would he be able to go back to the future or something? The more I think about this, the more I realize I don't think this movie is really a many really has a many worlds interpretation of time travel. I think it's trying, at least for the most part, to be a one timeline version of time travel. Yeah. Right? JGL says at one point like that Bruce Willis thinks that if he kills the Rainmaker, Bruce Willis thinks he will disappear. It's exactly I mean, Back to the Future it, interpretation. Yeah, he thinks he will disappear because the the timeline will really have changed, and then now. In the future, you know, Bruce Willis and his wife now like have a, have a kid together, like have, have had a kid together. It's interesting because it, it is like a uh, you know single world linear theory of time progression, but it's it is the type that you know is trying to be very non deterministic because we've talked about this a lot of the show actually. This idea of how hard it is to give up the concept of free will and the idea that our our we can mold our future according to the choices we make. Um, and having time travel, you know, really uh, kind of makes that paradoxical because if time travel is possible, then it is obviously it becomes, you know, impossible to have a non-deterministic or having a non-deterministic future. And uh, so this movie is kind of like trying to resolve those two things. It's trying to have it have it both ways, you know, like there's one yeah. future. Yeah. When Bruce Willis says to JGL, the choices that you make now, as you make decisions, uh, I can see the future that ha that occurs after those decisions are made, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's sort of like he's saying, JGL, because if there's no free will, then it doesn't even need to be that he needs to wait for JGL to make the decisions, right? You know, Bruce Willis should already remember all the decisions that JGL made. He can't like make new decisions. He can't, you know, he can't make decisions that are not the ones that he would have made. I can't right. even get my like tenses right. Yeah, um, but and that's why it sort of reminded me of the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics because basically he's saying that your decisions sort of live in a cloud of probability, and I, as a future person, have memories of all of the aspects of that cloud, which is saying a lot of rad shit about consciousness. Um, and then when you make a decision, aspects of the cloud condense into one single linear narrative. Yeah, it would yeah, be it's reminiscent. It's reminiscent. Good word, Alan. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense that the version of Bruce Willis, you know, that comes back to the past would have those recollections. It just doesn't make any sense. It is like it, it's really trying to force a uh, square peg of, you know, uh, linear time, like single, single, you know, single lane time, I guess. Non cube time cube time seriously into a yeah multiple worlds theory i mean as far as i believe alan maybe you can back this up or 
blow this up with some science when I'm done. But like, there's only really two Word. interpretations that make sense in my mind. The many worlds, which basically says if there's time travel and you can go back, you're in a different past than the one you experienced or know about. Like immediately by entering the your own past, you generate a new timeline, which is totally disconnected from your timeline. There's no such thing as paradoxes because you're now in a new timeline and nothing you do influences your own past, right? Which I think is a right. sort of clean, like the math of that is simple. There's no weirdness to deal with. And the other interpretation that makes sense is like a single timeline interpretation, which basically you have to draw the conclusion from that, that there is no time travel. Like in a single timeline universe, it would be totally impossible to change your own past and therefore impossible to travel to your own past because if you did, you would have already changed it, right? Just by going to it. So like either time travel is possible and we have a many worlds situation or time travel is impossible and we have a single world situation and this is neither of those things, as is the case in most, you know, uh, sci-fi movies about time travel. Uh, I but, concur. Yeah. But it, like, it doesn't even make an effort to try and, like, reconcile that stuff. It's just like, oh, it's one timeline, but you could change it. And, like, that makes sense somehow. Cool. That's yeah, you really have to do I mean, gymnastics I, to make that work, yeah. which is why this movie is kind of good founding. I kind of go back and forth on this, but I think that there probably are ways to go back into your own timeline that are consistent. Uh, well, like Twelve Monkeys, that makes that made sense. He went back. I can't, I can't remember. He tried. He well, it was, it was also Bruce Willis, and it was uh, or Lajete, for that matter. Yeah, he tries to go back, tries to change something. It doesn't work. Okay, so that's the other interpretation. But I don't like that one because it posits that the universe is, like, actively conspiring against your best efforts. It feels that way sometimes, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. Yeah, Sam, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like things are being conspired against. I thought that the third version of it was basically that there's kind of an ossified timeline that uh, is sort of crystallized to accept all inconsistencies so like if you go back then you have always gone back and that's baked into the cake of the one timeline. it doesn't make any sense like it's so easy to to come up with a thought experiment where that's totally inconsistent and as far as i know there's no example of real physics we've observed in which things are totally inconsistent so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh shit! All right, fair enough. Um, I, I, I do. I don't know. I think it's worth exploring. I, I'm, no, I'm a little. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth about it, but I think you can think of it sort of like the universe needs to obey certain boundary conditions. I mean, we know that systems need to obey certain boundary conditions, and it's possible that in order to time travel, you can think of it like there's some universal wave function over space and time that also includes time travel. So when the universe came into existence, there was some universal wave function over all space and all time mm -hmm. that, that was created. We have no, it's I feel like some things I'm saying don't make, don't make mo any sense, but, no, but we don't, we, we don't have any, 
ability to change that universal wave function. But that universal wave function may have time travel loops in it, but they need to be the consistent kind, right? And so, uh, and okay. so the kinds of time travel loops that exist in that universal wave function are just the kinds of loops in which a consistent solution, in which a consistent solution can exist. So you're saying kind of like, it's only possible to take time travel actions which don't cause paradoxes, which we know because there are no paradoxes. Yeah. I mean, paradoxes cannot exist in the real universe. So, or so we assume automatically that they can't exist. Uh, sure. All, all I'm saying is that if you assume that there is some solution to, I mean, I, it's sort of what you said, Asher, but it's a little bit more, a little bit more fleshed out. If you assume there's some solution to the universe, some way in which the universe will, like if, if it's a block universe view, so there's just some predetermined way that the universe will unfold, then that can contain time loops in it, but they need to be the consistent kind. So the universe maybe had initial boundary conditions. If multiverses exist, then it may be that universes in which some sort of inconsistent time loops could occur can't come into existence. So the only universes that can exist are the ones that contain consistent time loops. Ones where people can, if people can go back, they don't change anything, right? Or if they change yeah. things, those things are consistent with the way that things would have changed no matter what. Yeah, it was already that way. Right. When you say block universe, you're talking about basically like a deterministic single path universe. Yeah, but I think that there's probably ways to formulate it where it's not deterministic, where it allows for indeterminacy due to quantum mechanics. Okay. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, what you guys were saying about if time travel exists and it needs to be in a causally disconnected part of the universe. Right. 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 Um, so I'm saying maybe we can go even, maybe we can reduce that constraint a little bit. So it doesn't just need to be a causally disconnected part of the universe. It, it can be, it can be a causally connected part of the universe, but it just needs to be the kind of time travel where any changes you make are consistent. Uh, don't, don't, don't cause, uh, you know, yeah. changes that ripple. But um, wouldn't it have to be more like the only actions which are possible are the ones which have already occurred? Like it's, which that's the part where I get stuck because like, if you have knowledge of what you did when you traveled back in time, you could just not do that. And then that is already a paradox, right? Right. So maybe you need to lose your memory. <laughs> Very elegant solution. Or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But see, that's I mean, my point. Maybe, they, maybe it's too complicated. It's just like, it's, you're supposing that the universe has these magical powers to like adjust our free will and our memories. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that basically the universe can't have inconsistencies. It can't have paradoxes. And, and if there's a multiverse of universes, then maybe the ones that can come into existence are only the ones in which there are no inconsistencies. And so hmm. not having inconsistencies doesn't imply so, so you there, so that could mean that time, some kinds of time travel are allowed, but they're just the kinds that don't involve inconsistency. Okay. <laughs> I got a question for, 
I got a question for uh, yeah. Sam and Alan th- to tackle. Um, Not me. So, <laughs> please don't say anything, Asher. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, this movie's about, I mean, like, um, it's about the mechanics of not just the theory, the mechanics of time travel. Like, it seems completely implausible, right? Like, it just doesn't. Oh, time travel? Yeah. Like the like, physics of it? Like the engineering of it? The engine, yeah, thank you. The engineering of it. Like, how? No, I disagree. No, I, you think it's possible? Totally. Okay. <laughs> I mean, all you like, need how, how is far are we off from a few this? And like, what needs to happen? What's that? How, what needs, I mean, what needs to happen? Because it's not like it's, it would be beyond, uh, to me anyway, the event horizon of what is possible now. Like It's, well, it's, it's funny you should say event horizon. Um. <laughs> Obviously, I intended that. Yeah. Um, I mean, for one thing, you could just have an infinitely long cylinder. Oh, no. As Alan has said on a few occasions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've mentioned the, the, the different ways you could time travel, right? Yeah, one would be an infinitely long cylinder that you go around. Once. Another would be a wormhole. Right. Which is, um, I think, a little more like, Ash, uh, Raph, you're thinking about engineering. Like, if we had the technology to generate a wormhole, that would be time travel. Like, regardless of where the wormhole goes, it would be going to a different point in space time. So, sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the issue with with the wormhole is that you need you need negative mass. Yeah, yeah, open. yeah. Negative mass. <laughs> know, we've, we've talked about all this stuff before, and I do not understand it. But I <laughs> well, want to yeah. know, as, as the consumer, when is Apple going to come out with a time travel machine? Uh, well, I would argue that when is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Damn son! Yeah. Oh shit! I just got smoked. <laughs> no i mean i i think about this a lot like the the interesting question is like it seems fairly obvious that time travel doesn't exist because where are all the time tourists right uh, right like, wearing french coats and sunglasses <laughs> yeah uh they're taking selfies um but i don't know like there's lots of ways you could explain that away. Like for instance, you just have to ask. You just laws. have to go to the people, um, in like the um, like the in front of the Wall Street Bull, and be like, "Excuse me, are you from the future? <laughs> <laughs> Should just I ask. buy Bitcoin?" Right. I mean, I tend to think if time travel is possible, then it must be the case that you can only travel to a point in time after time travel has been invented, right? Otherwise, we would see right. time travelers. Um, Which is like a uh, primer. They do that in primer. Like primer. They, yeah, exactly. They have a, yeah. Which is um, cool. Which would sort of be consistent with the wormhole thing. Like maybe you can only target a wormhole if you have a similar machine at the other end, right? So you can make a portal through time, but you'd have to build the one end in the past or in the present and then wait and build the other end in the future. And then you can go back and forth between those two times. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, engineering-wise, Raph, the answer is who the fuck knows. Okay. Nice. Wait. Would you do it? Would you guys do it? Yeah. Where would you go? I want to see some dinosaurs. I think dinosaurs are pretty cool. I like Sam's idea of, like, sending people back in time a million years. Like, send them to, like, the Triassic. 
you know, instead of sending it back to Kansas so they get blown away. Yeah. It'd be much funnier to send them back to Dinosaur Land. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go punch a pterodactyl. <laughs> um, Sold. Uh, yeah. So basically the second half of this movie is Joseph Gordon-Levitt like hiding out at a farm that's owned by Emily Blunt and her son, who's telekinetic. And we very briefly talked about telekinesis as like something that's kind of goofy and to the side. And then it turns out that her son is the first telekinetic person to be very, very powerful and scary. And he's a little kid. It's funny because there was a few different references I caught there. Did you guys catch the reference to Stalker? Nope. No. No. That she refers to the little kid a bunch of times as monkey. And like, I know that that's something parents call their kids, but I, I thought it was kind of pointed in that, you know, monkey from Stalker obviously is telekinetic. Um, and then there's also a reference in there to uh, Anthony in the cornfield about like mm-hmm. making bad people go away mm-hmm. and how everybody sort of had to appease this, this freaky kid. Yeah, I don't know. So then Bruce Willis comes to kill the little kid who the, we discover is the Rainmaker and Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> decides to kill himself instead of letting future Bruce Willis kill the kid i mean that's kind of it right is like we have an ultimate confrontation we discover that jgl realizes and has like genuine moral growth that he has to stop bruce willis from turning this kid into the future rainmaker monster so he shoots himself which theoretically should change the entire landscape of the future world but we don't know that and then the movie just ends which i thought was fine i mean it's like it's entertaining i didn't hate the end of this movie so i know Thing about the time travel movie though is that it sort of switches between you can change the past and the past is fated to happen right yeah because at the very end it's said that like the rainmaker has like a broken jaw or something that's like right. about it. bruce willis when he's tracking down the rainmaker the kid he shoots him in the jaw yeah so yeah there's this idea that it was all going to happen already right right which is not what on in the rest of the movie. The rest yeah, of the movie... It's really sloppy. It sort of works anyway, I'd say. Yeah, the movie I, works. The sci-fi movie part works. doesn't. The story coheres. It, it yeah. does make sense. And actually, like, things that are shown in the first act, you know, come up in the last act, and it, it, it resolves itself, and it's an interesting ending. Yeah, it resolves itself. It pays off in an interesting way. And ultimately, I mean, the character goes on an emotional journey where they have zero moral compass at the beginning and have to develop one over the course of the film. And right. I thought that, that was kind of cool. Yeah. 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 And how it's interestingly sort of runs in parallel to his own life, which he discovers through contact with this, uh, you know, this potential life of the, the rainmaker and how his life was going to go awry for the same reasons that the, that the looper's life was going to go awry. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's like a, this was a, a well-done story in a lot of ways, despite yeah. the, the science, there was science, whatever. Theory. Despite, despite the fact that there's a hover bike in it, impossible. Then how come we have okay. hover cars? Ones like that are impossible. Yeah. Sam, explain UFOs. I mean, if I could, they wouldn't be called UFOs. <laughs> yeah, the U would stand for understood. <laughs> Even though I just said the time tra- doesn't matter, the time travel sucks this movie. Yeah, I think the reason that I really didn't like this movie initially is because I think the probably the worst time travel in the whole movie is the ending. The, like the worst yeah. sort of 
or uh, it's pretty egregious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just like he, Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills himself, and then at the exact same moment, Bruce Willis disappears. Right, which doesn't and it's make like any everyone's like, oh, thank God he disappeared. But the point is, he never would have been there in the first. Like, right, the whole thing that happened never would have happened. It's right? an obvious paradox. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Which it's funny that you mentioned that because I completely didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah. whole movie is like that. Like every time there's some cool effect as a result of time travel, it's like, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they just would have undone the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the exact same issue as the limb thing. Yeah. But it's yeah. even more egregious, I think. It's way more egregious. But, yeah. I mean, it's equally as egregious, I would yeah. argue. <laughs> I think it's more. <laughs> Uh, all right, should we throw it to endorsements? Ugh. Is there really yeah. anything to endorse left in this world? I don't. Yeah, like what books are you reading from your like bunker asylum? What what cans of beans have you been eating? <laughs> I don't know. I think some of us prepped well, but I'm curious to see here how Asher prepped for this. Oh, I'm I'm prepped. I'm prepped tuna up. Cans? Do you have six tuna cans now? No, we've same number of tuna cans. We definitely have about, I don't know, I would say five or six days worth of canned beans, maybe more. Yeah, that's about where we're at, too. We've definitely got, well, I I think I did an inventory and we have about 40 days worth of food. What? If things get like real hardcore. Dude. Wow. If. You really think the supply lines are going to get cut and we're going to be stuck here for for 40 days without relief? No, No, because it would be complete anarchy in the streets after day like six. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I'm working under the assumption that like grocery stores will continue to get stocked. We just won't want to go to them. Well, yeah, and that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. It's like I could go to Whole Foods, but the last time I was there, I was like, this is fucking Nightmareville. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're, yeah. I mean, we're, we're just making it as easy as possible for us to stay in as long as possible. Yeah. In places. Right. Although I think so, we are going to order a pizza tonight. Oh, yeah. Order food, you guys. That's important. Oh, man. I want some pizza. There's should pizza we be ordering? In your hood? Yes, you should be ordering. Otherwise, the whole city will be bankrupt when things go back to normal. Yes. I mean, I'm going to be fucking bankrupt, so why, why not everyone else? Hey, man, you might be getting a thousand Trump bucks. Can we talk about how the Republicans are finally going to implement socialism on a national scale? Because that's just well, like hilarious. If your definition of socialism is like life, lifeboat handouts uh, that, are, that are meager and, you know, unnecessary and, and inadequate. To stop us from breaking down their doors and drinking their fucking blood. Yeah, I no, agreed on all those points, but like it's basic income. It's yeah, woefully small, but it's still basic income. They're yeah. talking about like universal uh, unemployment and sick leave, like free access to hospitals. Like it's just social. And it's funny because the Democrats are so afraid to move even right. a millimeter to the left on any position. It just yeah, what a funny time. Yeah, today they were actually talking about means testing the thousand dollars a month that Trump. Oh God, give me a break. Shocking. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's just people who have been like so Stockholm syndrome abused into believing yeah. that there is no better future than like the fucking neoliberal bullshit solution that they have. It's a mm-hmm. nightmare. 
or it's sinister. Really, you think libs are sim- sinister on this one? Yes. That they really want to deny people shit? I I think that that's no, I, think I think that that's some bullshit that like Will Menneker made up. No, I don't. Like, th- I think they don't want to. The more I listen to their show, the more I realize that they're basically just like black pilled, like lefty Sean Hannity, and they're just like, you know, collecting unbelievable amounts of money by getting people to fucking think that Mayor Pete is a CIA spook, which he probably is, but I don't okay. know. <laughs> yeah, nothing like telling the truth from Friday. There's the prime audience for their show. It's really funny to hear yeah, you. Yeah. It's like. Well, it's just like the more, because the more I listened to it, the more I was just like, wait a minute, I'm being emotionally manipulated here. I'm not giving you my money. Fuck off. You know what? I'm happy to hear that, Asher, because I always worried about you like converting to like Hasidism. And I think that you probably are past that now. I like something random. Yeah, I I certainly have come close. You're going to be a Mooney or something. Oh God! Can you imagine? I I could see it. I I really could. It's like oh, oh Shinrikyo or something. I don't know. Asher, I was. Worried. They're not taking applications anymore. Dragon's <laughs> <Yeah>. Gate. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, sorry, the, space, the spaceship already left. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So yes, if no. you guys had to travel, you were forced to travel in time, in any direction, as far or as forward or backward as you wanted. Where would you go? Tomorrow. That's so tough. I know. That's a good roundtable question. Tomorrow. Alan. I want to hear from Alan. Tomorrow. I mean, there's no way I'm going forward. No way you're going forward? I don't know what's going on over there. (laughs) can't possibly do that. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. They have some fucked up Uh, shit going on. Like, it could be like the entire world could be Jeffrey Epstein clones in the future. Just like <laughs> populate as Jeffrey Epstein clones. I mean, that was his plan, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe he might succeed. Yeah, maybe he succeeded. Yeah, maybe he's waiting us all out in a bunker. We're all going to die. And he's going to be like, my plan has come to fruition. Good stuff. I don't know. Hey, you got an answer? I mean, me? I'd probably go do the Biff Back to the Future oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And just make a lot of money on the stock market or something. It's just going to let Hitler live. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. Well, you can't make a paradox. So oh, <laughs> Sam, we've lost you. Oh, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> we, we talked a little bit about this when Adam Howard was on the show. And I, I think let's say to take making money or take material gain out of it. So, if the only kind of uh, framework for gain would be like experiential, then I mean, there's a million bands I'd love to have seen play. Um, oh, did we? Did we already do this one? We talked about it a bit with Adam, and oh, okay. I think I talked a bit about like you know buying some Monets and locking yeah, them up in the Parisian apartment. I remember that now. I don't know. That's I mean, that's kind of where I would go. How about you, Raf? Where would you go? You'd probably like try to become Pope or something. Yeah, I'd make a play for Pope. Sure. That's actually a good idea. I, I, I no, I, I, I want to go back and like chill with Socrates or whatever. But I think making a play for Pope is is fun, even if I fail. It's gonna be a good time. Oh yeah, you come back. I can you come back? Come back. No you time travel. No, it's for permanent. Yeah. So it's like oh. pick one time and go then. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Oh, I would say no. What about what about Lauren too? Yeah, what about Lauren? What about her? 
<laughs> you can't oh, be man. married if you're Pope, Raph. <laughs> you got to make some sacrifices. You got to pick a time to go. You got to do something. Uh, oh, shit. All right. I don't think I would, honestly. I'm yeah. You don't get a fucking choice. Okay, well, then I would travel to now. That's the time I would pick. Okay. That's fine. Sam travels to now. Sam, I'm going to loop you if you travel to now. <laughs> I think that's just called murder. <laughs> Should we call it there? Yeah, it sounds good. Nice. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Asher Lack. At Highly Affiligent. At Case of Piles. At underscore Perkwinos. And you can follow the show uh, at Robot House Pod, and it's spelled H-A-U-S on Twitter and Instagram. Um, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Until next time, please stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, good luck. Social distance. Yeah, social distance. And yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.